We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. I want you to stay tuned. We've got a lot of good things coming up today. I want to talk about the Godhead a little bit. And we're going to have a song from the congregation, one of our service there in the, services there in the past. And we want you to hear that. And uh, then uh, get your Bibles ready. We want to look at the Word of God about... Is there a trinity? Is there just one God? What does the Bible say? We're going to be checking that out pretty soon. Heaven glory share, glory share. Turn the lights down low, turn the lights down low, and listen to the master. Turn the lights down low, and listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio All right, we want to go into a service now, all oh, some time ago, and the congregation is singing this song, Every Promise in the Book is Mine.
every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I think about Second Corinthians in the first chapter, about verse 19, the Apostle Paul's writing, and he made this statement, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me, and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. It was a positive gospel that they preached, in other words. Then he said in verse 20, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So when you're talking about God's promises to the people of God, to the church, they're not yea and nay, but in him they're secure. And he's not a man that he should lie. We can trust in the word of God, in other words. I believe it said in Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy path. So I believe we can trust in the Lord, put our trust in him. All right, I'd like to talk just a little bit today about the fact that because we say that we believe in one God, a lot of people misunderstand. And then they've said that we are a cult and and uh, we're in error. I hear a lot of things like that. But there's a reason why we say what we say. Because uh, uh, we believe that there is only one God. We have a lot of scripture to back that up. Now, what we teach and preach, actually, is this one God was manifested in three different ways. And he was father in creation. And then he was son in redemption. And he was Holy Ghost in regeneration. And we want to share a few verses of Scripture with you today. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Malachi. And Malachi, the second chapter, confirms what we say when... This one God was father in creation. In Malachi 2, verse 10, he said, Have we not all one father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Our fathers believed in one God's what they're saying. They know that one God created us, and that's what we believe today. We believe that the Father, he was Father in creation, that one God, Father in creation. And uh, we find also the Apostle Paul confirms this in the book of Ephesians. And we read in the fourth chapter, here's what Paul had to say. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, and with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. Now, that's what we teach, one body. And one Spirit. Now, I have had some try to explain to me the, the Trinity, and they have drawn three different persons or bodies, but Paul, he don't agree with that. He said there's only one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and there's just one baptism. 
and one God and Father of all, who is above all. I want you to think about that for a little bit. One God and Father of all. Have not one God, uh, we have we not one Father, have not one God created us? One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and it don't stop there, and in you all. On the day of Pentecost, whenever Peter began to preach that powerful message and bring revelation from the book of Joel, let them know this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And uh, when he preaches that, and uh, he's preaching that under the anointing and power of the Holy Ghost, because they had just received the Holy Ghost and uh, on that particular day. The Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So what was in them? It was the Holy Ghost. So we read this again, and I want you to think about it. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So that one God and Father of all is above all, through all, and in you all. I want you to think for just a little bit about the one that is above all. Then turn with me over here to the Gospel of John, and we'll turn to the third chapter and read something there that John says, teaching about Jesus. And in the third chapter of John, uh, the Gospel of John, amen, we find that John is telling us about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right? And he says uh, in verse 30 of the third chapter here, he must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. Now, who was he talking about here? He was talking about Jesus. John was talking about Jesus. He that cometh from above is above all. And he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from above is above all. I just read to you what Paul wrote. One God and Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. Now, John testifying about Jesus here, that's who he's talking about. He said, he that cometh from above, and Jesus came, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, all right? And uh, he came from above, and he that cometh from above is above all. And then it's interesting, over in the book of Ephesians, again in the fourth chapter, when you read about, it's telling about when Jesus went back up, all right? When he went back up, he said he went up far above all heavens, because the one that came down from above is what? Above all. So that's why we say that uh, he was father, the same God, in creation, but he was also son in redemption. And we look here at the third chapter of John in a verse that probably most people, if they've been in Sunday school, could quote in verse 16, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we find then the Son of God, whenever God manifested himself as the Son, then he uh, did that so that we could have redemption, so that we could be saved. And uh, I'd like to turn over to First Cur- Timothy. First Timothy, that's where I want to go, in the third chapter, and about verse 16. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn over there. And uh, there's a verse of Scripture I want to read. And the Apostle Paul, again, is doing the writing. And it sounds to me like Paul is not a Trinitarian. He's always talking about, oh, he talks about the Father. He talks about the Son. He talks about the Holy Ghost. But then, on the other hand, he seems to put them all together like what I'm saying, that the one God was manifested in all these different ways. Father in creation, Son in redemption, Holy Ghost in regeneration. Now here in the third chapter of 1 Timothy, verse 16, if you have your Bibles there, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Now, again, one Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. It says God was manifested in the flesh, all right? Justified in spirit, the same God that was manifested in the flesh was also in spirit, and he was justified in spirit. He was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. That one God is who I'm talking about. Now, he was... To He came, he went to Calvary, that he might save us, redeem us. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, the second chapter, I want to read a verse of Scripture there, and I want you to think about it. All right? In verse 14, it reads like this, second chapter of Hebrews, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, That's you and I. We are flesh and blood. All right? It said, He also himself likewise took part of the same. Who's the he here? He's talking about God. All right? Uh, That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And he went on, he said, For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took upon him the seed of Abraham. So this one God that I'm talking about was father in creation, but then he had to redeem us. And to do that, somebody had to die. He found nobody worthy. The scripture said he found nobody. There was not a man that was worthy because all had sinned and came short of the glory of God. From the Adam on down, amen, we all was come into this world with the Adamic nature, in other words, in a sinful condition, and 
we had to be redeemed. So we had to have somebody redeem us that was spotless. And when Jesus came, the Bible said that he was the spotless Lamb of God. And he that knew no sin, he had no sin, but he took our sin upon him. The Bible said became sin. So that's what it means here. Whenever that he, that was God, he come down and wrapped himself in flesh. Now we know the story, how it all happened. And this is interesting. If you study about the birth of Jesus, all right, then you'll find out it was the Holy Ghost that overshadowed Mary, and she conceived. Now, if you stop and think about that for just a little bit, the Holy Ghost, that means the Holy Ghost was the one that would be the father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He don't have two fathers, just got one. That tells me then that the Holy Ghost and the Father and the Son all have the same, very same spirit. Amen. They're just one. They've been manifested different ways. One time as a creator, then as a redeemer, and then later on, the Holy Ghost was given to us to regenerate us and bring us back in to the generation of Jesus Christ. Now, we turn to the book of Titus for just a moment, and Paul again is doing the writing. And uh, in the book of Titus, the second chapter, we want to read something, and then in the third chapter. All right, in the second uh, chapter of Titus, we'll get there in just a minute, and he says this in verse 13, that looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So what about the, if there was three gods, what about the other two? Here the writer said that Jesus Christ is the great God who gave himself for us, that was the great God, gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no man despise thee. We go to the third chapter now. We looked at the Redeemer. We've looked at the Creator. And now let's look at something else. I believe that the same God, amen, was a Holy Ghost in regeneration. And as we look at this third chapter, we read in verse 4, he said, But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Now here's how it happened. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So we here we have a washing and then we have a renewing. All right? And it's called the washing of regeneration. I got to thinking about when the Apostle Paul went to Damascus and then Ananias was sent to him and God had told Ananias what was going on, told him what to do. He came in and prayed for 
uh, Saul of Tarsus, that he might receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's recorded there in the book of Acts that after a little bit that Ananias said, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. So Paul had that experience of water baptism to wash away his sins, all right, calling upon the name of the Lord. And we knew, know that he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So not only was uh, by the washing of regeneration, and he's the one that's writing this, but he said, and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I get thinking about that for a little bit. My mind then goes over now to Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and this is interesting. All right, now the Apostle Paul again is doing the writing here. And he says this uh, in, let's look at verse, um, okay, let's look at verse 15. And, uh, and that he died for all, talking about Jesus, died for all, that they which live should henceforth, uh, not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him that died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. I'm talking about regeneration now. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Why, he's in spirit, he went back into glory. Then he said this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And then he sums it up in verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we ought to know what to preach to the people and what to teach them so that they'll understand what's going on in their life and how to get saved, all right? And we find out that uh, whenever that uh, God created all things, it was created by Jesus Christ and for him. The Bible said so. Let's look back here at John again. And my mind's just jumping around here a little bit, but I want you to think about these things because they're so powerful. And in the first uh, chapter of the Gospel of John, the way it starts out, it's just so revealing, so much revelation. It said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God makes a pretty simple statement. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's it. The same was in the beginning with God. Then he said, And all things were made by him, and without him there was not anything made that is made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. 
There was a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men might through him might believe. So it's pretty interesting here. Then we drop down just to save some time, and we look at verse 14. Now, I just read to you that the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. He said in verse 14, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word of God, amen, was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word then was the Son of God. All right? And yet, the Word was God. The Bible said so. I can't change that. And then Jesus said in the fourth chapter here of John, and I want to get this in. I see we're getting out of time here. But at the city of uh, Sychar, a woman come out there at the well, and Jesus began to talk to her. And he makes this statement, verse 24 of the fourth chapter of John. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right? Now, God is a spirit. Well, we just read to you that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now we're reading that God is a spirit. And so uh, am I going to try to divide them up here? Let me read something else to you. It's found in the sixth chapter of the uh, book of John here. Just turn over here to the sixth chapter. Sort of interesting what Jesus has to say. Uh, in uh, Let's read verse uh, uh, 64. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured as at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? That's why I know that the one came down, amen, is above all, because Jesus is the one that came down. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Now watch this little phrase here. The words. Now in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I see our time is going again today. It goes so quickly. So I just like to talk about how that we see just one God and not many. All right. I see our time is going again. It goes so quickly. See you next week, same time, same station, with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. You have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8.30 here at your local station, 590 AM, 101.1 FM, W266DB, WMBS, Uniontown.